The Philadelphia Flyers are in the playoffs. Welcome, everybody, to episode eight of On a Couch in Delco. I am Tom. With me is my co-host, Mike. What's up, everybody? I got to say, I really liked um, – it, it was NHL, it was ESPN, it was literally everybody, uh, NHL on NBC on Twitter. They were all twi- uh, tweeting out the this team clinched and that team clinched. I, re- I really thought it was nice to see it's – Kind of feel bad for those six teams that aren't going to be in the playoffs, but it was uh, it was really nice to see that the Flyers cl- uh, clinched and they are guaranteed to be one of the top four seeds. Absolutely. It's nice having the little X by the name, if you remember from the standings box. But I think, Mike, we've talked about it on countless episodes at this point of the podcast about when sports are going to return. And NHL are the first ones to really have the concrete plans out there uh, for their return to hockey. I'm going to share some of the details with you. And then, Mike, I, I want you to just kind of chime in and let me know uh, your thoughts. So, as Mike mentioned, uh, several teams will, will not be uh, moving forward. They have automatically been eliminated because the NHL is not going to try and finish their regular season. The regular season is finished. They are moving straight to the playoffs with – uh, a play-in format. So how it will work, 12 teams from each conference, 24 teams in total, will get to play on. Uh, and we'll leave it at that at that point. The top four seeds in each conference, they are in the playoffs. And, and I think uh, Commissioner Bettman made it a point to say that uh, the, these are play-in games. The first round with the, four te- the top four teams from each conference are in the playoffs. So what are they going to do with the remaining teams? Seeds 5 through 12 in each conference are going to play play-in to get those final four seeds into uh, the NHL playoffs. So the NHL playoffs, I, I know it's play-in. NHL is still saying it's 16 teams uh, per conference uh, for their playoffs. So how will it work? The top four seeds, teams like the Flyers, with that bye, they're going to play three games. They're going to play a round-robin series against Boston, Washington, Tampa, the winner of that will determine final seeding within the playoffs. So Flyers are the four seed right now in the East. They could actually be the number one seed. So I think this is definitely an approach that certainly benefits uh, the Flyers. Uh, those teams, five through 12, they will play in a best of five series. So they are guaranteed at least three games as well in order to play their way into uh, the playoffs. So then you would have, your eight seeds from the East, your eight seeds from the West. I think what's still open at this point is whether some of those early rounds of the playoffs, whether it will be five games, whether it will be seven games, I think a lot of that will be determined based on kind of how long they want the season to play out and when they're able to, to get started. And then also whether the teams will be reseeded, which is something I think the players want, uh, but or, or go with an NCAA March Madness-style bracket where if you have an upset that that top seed uh, could be facing a, a team uh, of a much lower 
uh, seat. So, Mike, I want to pause right there. We'll talk about where the games are going to be played in a bit. But overall, what's your reaction to, one, definitive plans out there about returning to sports, and then overall, what do you think of the NHL's plan? I love it. I think it's it's great. I mean, live sports obviously came back two weeks ago with the Bundesliga coming back. and UFC has had fights over the weekend. NASCAR returned a couple weeks ago. Even yesterday, we had the uh, Tiger versus Phil, the match two featuring Brady and Manning. Um, but, but it's nice to see actual top four sports in America um, coming back. And, and it's literally – Basically written in stone at this point. Um, I mean, the NHL, even on DraftKings, we'll talk about this a little later at the end of the show. On DraftKings, you can see dates and times for games. I don't know if they're official, but it makes me giddy because I see June tw- or July 25th at 2 o'clock for all, all the uh, playing games starting at 2 o'clock, which would be interesting. I don't know if they would do that. They would probably stagger them. But there's a date and time attached to these games, which is awesome to see now as far as the the play-in rounds those play-in round uh matchups are going to be pretty awesome i mean starting with eight versus nine you got the maple leaves as the eight seed versus the blue jackets that's going to be a heck of a series a lot of a lot of firepower um in both of those teams i mean uh, i'll be uh, i'll be pulling for Probably the Blue Jackets in that one, even though I love Austin Matthews, but but I like to see Canada suffer a little bit. Um, then you got the Islanders and Panthers, Hurricanes, Rangers, Penguins, Canadians. Um, that all of those series have awesome, awesome teams going against each other. Uh, a couple of it, uh, at least with the Hurricanes and Rangers, you, you got the uh, the Metropolitan Division going against each other. The other one has the Metropolitan um, and the Atlantic going against each other. That's the only interconference matchup right there. Um, but, yeah, it's it's going to be fun, especially with the uh, round-robin play for the top four teams. You can almost count that as like a preseason. Um, the, the Flyers, Capitals, Lightnings, uh, Lightning, and Bruins um, going at it with a couple games, uh, three games apiece, obviously, against each team. That's going to be fun. I mean, the Flyers really um, – they're, they're the fourth seed, uh, but, but going into – Going into this shutdown on March 12th, uh, when the NHL paused, they they were hot. I mean, they they, they were they were pretty much uh, neck and neck with the Capitals. I mean, the Capitals did uh, did edge them out, obviously, with a record of 41-20 and eight. The Flyers have a 41-20 and seven record, um, so they are a uh, what's it a point or two ahead, whatever it is, um, whatever that math is, but. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. I really hope this comes to fruition and, and we actually get to see this uh, come late uh, late July, early August. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's exciting news nonetheless. Yeah, Mike, so obviously a couple things that stood out for me, right? The Flyers have nothing to lose with the round-robin approach. Coming in as the four seed, they can only go higher and, and potentially get a, a more favorable matchup if they're the higher seed and things are reseeded they could be looking at playing the the lowest seed uh, throughout the playoffs. I also thought it was interesting. Some of the stories you heard about there about the Pittsburgh Penguins, not exactly being happy about uh, this approach, having to play the Canadians with Carey Price in a, in a best of five. Could he steal it? I I think that's typical uh, Penguins whining there, but uh, I wouldn't. I have the largest middle finger up right now after that comment. (laughs) I know nobody can really see it. 
but man, is that Sidney Crosby coming through that entire organization and just whining like a little bitch at all times. It's just like, like just calm down and just play the damn games. You get to actually play the game, a game, mind you, G-A-M-E, that you get paid millions of dollars to play. Just go out and enjoy it, please. Just, just for, for the fans, like just go out and enjoy it. Don't worry about who you got to play. You know what? You win, you lose. That's sports. Get over it. Yeah, and they, and they ultimately did end up – I know there was rumors out there that the Penguins didn't end up voting for the proposal. They, they were one of the teams that did vote for uh, the proposal. So let's be clear there. But as you mentioned, Mike, end of July, the way the timing is looking right now is uh, training camps or, or voluntary workouts for the teams would start early June. Uh, they would not have training camp at this point until – at least July 1st, Canada Day, I believe it, uh, it is. So that's when training camp would officially kick off. I think they need some time to get players that have maybe are outside of the United States back to the United States, do that two-week quarantine. So I think some of those things just take time. So uh, a training camp that's starting uh, early July, no, no sooner than July 1st, which probably puts you in games late July, early August, which probably then extends the season right into what would have been the start of the 2020-21 season. Uh, Commissioner Bettman did talk about potentially pushing back the start of that season, potentially starting in December or even uh, the new year. I know the NBA has talked about starting on Christmas Day. Maybe the, uh, the NHL starts with the Winter Classic on uh, New Year's Day. So that's kind of the thinking there. Mike, I did want to touch on, because we've, we've talked about it on the podcast over times, whether teams play in their home arenas or this centralized location, I think the NHL came up with a, a two-hub city approach where the Eastern Conference would be in one city, the Western Conference would be uh, in another city. I haven't seen out there what they do when we get to the Stanley Cup Finals at that point, but there are some cities that are being considered uh, Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Minneapolis, St. Paul area, Pittsburgh, Toronto, and Vancouver. Obviously, a lot of, a lot of cities out in the West uh, and, and just a few cities representing the Eastern Conference. But, Mike, if you were to handicap the cities right now, where do you think they end up playing? I would say at this point, uh, for the ice, uh, just the ice sake with the humidity and the heat that's going to be, I would say the, those uh, Canadian cities would probably have the green light for me. Um, so, so maybe Toronto for the East and, and Vancouver for the West. Um, I mean, I, I'm surprised Calgary wasn't in there. Another, another, uh, another good, uh, good spot for the, uh, for the West, even uh, Winnipeg. It's always cold up there. Even when you go to Winnipeg beach, I think Jonesy always says it's just usually like 45, 50 degrees, but that's hot there. Uh, but yeah, I would I would think these uh, Canadian cities would get, would get the go ahead. I, I would never pick Pittsburgh um, or or a city down here. Um, even Dallas, I think Dallas would be a terrible choice. The ice would be absolutely uh, decimated, um, but by by probably the second round, maybe. I mean, if it's it's handling all those ice, I know all these cities probably have multiple rinks. I mean, uh, Philadelphia has, has all these rinks as well. And, I'm surprised they weren't on there. New York probably has a ton of ton of spots. I, I think maybe these cities are, are being chosen right now 
um, even with the, the whole COVID-19, some of the stipulations that are still uh, in effect in some of these cities and states. Um, but but I, I think as of uh, – with hockey in mind and the ice in mind and, and how humidity really messes with, uh, messes with the ice, I would say probably as north as you can get um, for both conferences uh, would, would probably be uh, the best bet in my mind. Yeah, I know uh, the Canadian cities have a unique challenge. Obviously, there's still a travel ban between the, the two countries. And I, I believe the NHL, why the NHL decided they're not going to make a decision for another two to three weeks is I think they are trying to actively campaign uh, the Canadian government to uh, try to relax some of the restrictions about the, the two-week quarantine, especially if teams are breaking their training camps uh, in the States and then trying to go up there that it just adds two weeks to the process. I know the uh, health director of Vancouver came out today and said, absolutely not. We will not break any protocols uh, for any athletes. So you can probably cross uh, Vancouver off the list. On the other hand, Edmonton is actually actively campaigning. They're trying to talk about the quality of life and, you know, kind of low level of, of COVID incidents and, and their availability of ice I think uh, Dallas is, is championing pretty hard for uh, being one of the host cities as well. Uh, they, they were kind of out there touting some of their availability of ice. I know there's a lot of talk out there of, hey, it has to be one Eastern Conference city and one Western Conference city. I don't know if I believe that entirely. I could see a situation where they have two uh, Western Conference cities, the reason being there's going to be no fans. They're going to want to put a lot of these games on TV. I read something where they're going to try and do at least those early rounds, March Madness style, where it's just back-to-back -back, uh, games throughout the summer. I think actually being on the West Coast helps for that because you can get a start. The, the TV time, you know, if you're thinking about a 5 o'clock start, that's only 2 o'clock uh, out West. So you can – you can certainly play those Eastern Conference teams during the day and then play the Western Conference uh, teams at night. So I wouldn't be surprised if you end up seeing uh, two Western Conference cities. If I had to, to pick right now, I, I understand the ice is a concern. I would rule out the, the Canadian cities personally. I can see a, a city like uh, Vegas making it. I don't see Chicago. I think Chicago is still kind of a hot point for – uh, the, the pandemic. So I'm, I'm not sure why they're even being considered. Uh, Vegas, I think is an option. The, the one other city too, Columbus, Ohio, I know it doesn't seem like it, but if you want something that is on the East coast, um, Ohio is already open. They are open for, uh, they are open for uh, sports. So I can see Columbus being a city that works. I don't know how that works when you're starting to also pick up with Ohio State football and you're potentially, you know, in August is spring practices and not the height of college football season, but certainly uh, something that needs to be considered. So I, I you know, I, I guess if I had a pick right now, I'd probably, you know, if they can get into Canada, I would probably say Edmonton just by the way that they are uh, championing for it. And I think it'd be nice to have a Canadian city, Vegas, and then also I think uh, Columbus would be. Uh, my picks at this point. Yeah, I, I'm surprised that uh, the Florida governor isn't trying to build all these ice rinks. I mean, he wants everybody to come down there and play. So I'm surprised he, he hasn't commissioned the 
the the building of uh, 30 ice rinks to to go ahead and get all these games uh games in down in florida but uh, i really do think the ice is the i mean you hear it even in philadelphia when when we're in um say we're in like the third round of the playoffs or whatever the the ice really does get choppy uh come come the third period and I, I know it's part of the game, and, and I know you have to, to fight through it. Um, but I think the NHL is going to try to do everything in its power um, to get into a uh, – not a cold weather um, area right now. Obviously, nothing's really that cold unless you're going to go play up in the uh, Arctic Circle. Um, but it, it, it's just something I, I'll throw out there. It's, I think they're really going to try to get into a, a Canadian city. Um, but like you said, if they're going to be hard asses and not really, uh, not really break protocol or whatever, a couple months from now, um, if those protocols are still in um, in operation, then you really have to look elsewhere. And then at that point, you really got to look at ice availability and how many ice rinks, how many NHL size ice rinks um, are available in each city. Yeah, and I also something to consider too. I think is just the availability of healthcare, right? I think if, if mm-hmm. we're talking player safety and that being important, that's the one thing that makes me consider Pittsburgh a little bit. I know they have an outstanding healthcare uh, out in Pittsburgh, uh, so maybe that is one factor that they play into to uh, consider Pittsburgh uh, one of the cities. But Mike, I want to talk you through what is a potential scenario if they do play out in Pittsburgh. Obviously, if the Penguins beat the Canadians and the Flyers maintain that four seed, it would set up for a Flyers-Penguins matchup in Pittsburgh. Any concerns about that with the Flyers being the higher seed but playing in Pittsburgh? No, I don't think so. There's no fans. Plus, the Flyers own the, the Penguins in uh, Pittsburgh and almost kind of vice versa. Um, I know the uh, uh, the outdoor game last year, the uh, stadium series game, the, Peng- the Flyers did come back and beat the Penguins. Um, but, but it seems like, uh, the flyers out there, every time they go out there, they play almost the perfect game. Uh, they they really, they really take it to the penguins and almost play like they are the home team. Uh, so if that were to happen, I would be a okay with that. And and I don't know if it's still called the console energy arena or not, but I believe when it was a few years ago, it was, uh, they nicknamed it the house that Claude Drew built. Yeah. Your, your Hall of Fame uh, greatest of all time player. For sure. You know, Wikipedia is very editable for everybody, so I have a time the Flyers would play out there. I would go on. I'm sure countless other Flyers fans, if you're listening now, would also do the same thing. They would go put the uh, owner to uh, the Flyers and the operator to, to Claude Giroux or vice versa, whatever it would be. And uh, sometimes it would stay up there for like 30 minutes, and it's a, it's a proud Flyers moment. Flyers fan moment, uh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, the only other, other thing, I guess, from a roster size, it's still subject to change, but they would expand the rosters, obviously, to account for. So, one of the things that they came out with is they would treat uh, somebody, a player testing positive that needs the quarantine, no different than any other injury. So, uh, you know, I, I guess, I don't know, when you, when you think about hockey injuries is – uh, is COVID-19 a upper body, lower body, or head, which seems to be what the GMs use for uh, for their injury classifications? I'll go upper body. Upper that's, body? I'm, uh, I'm thinking that's respiratory. Kind of that's, the, a, that's kind of where the lungs are. So <laughs> We got an upper body injury, eh? 
Um, yeah, definitely an upper body injury. But but uh, speaking of uh, injuries, I mean, the Flyers would be fully healthy, maybe barring Oscar Lindblom, which is supposed to – he's supposed to come back next year, hopefully, barring any setbacks. He did have his last cancer treatment oh, probably a month and a half ago now. Just seems like time is, is flying by. I really don't even know what week it was um, that that news came out. But I did hear last week that JVR will be ready to go, and at that point, everybody would be nice and healthy. So that that's another plus for the Flyers. I mean, a, a hot team, uh, I mean, a three-month layoff, I guess you would hope, almost probably a four-month layoff at that point. Um, you would hope you would be – everybody would be healthy. That might be the case for other teams as well. But at least for the Flyers, you'll be uh, full guns blazing going into uh, into this uh, crazy playoff scenario with 24 teams. And that would be great to see. There you go. They are going to expand rosters too, so you'll be able to have up to 28 skaters, unlimited goalies. So I guess that is a, a concern, right, if your goalie test positive mm-hmm. and you – you lose your goalie or maybe two goalies for uh, a couple weeks. So unlimited goalies, 28 roster size. Mike, overall, I, I know there's a lot of talk out there that are, you know, there's the purest out there. So there's, there's two kind of streams. Those that expect, you know, just cancel the season and start fresh next year. And then the other ones that are like, uh, this is, this is an asterisk cup finals, right? Because you, you have this kind of fluky, not fluey, but just a different way than the, than the standard. What, where do you lie on that end? I mean, what's your take overall on getting this back? It definitely. If the Flyers win this cup, I know every other city in the NHL is putting an asterisk on it, but I'm certainly not, and I know you won't. Um, I, I really – I can't see – if you have to cancel the season, cancel the season. But I'm not in that camp. Like, if they can play and they can like, – like we've been saying – um, the last seven episodes with literally every sport. If they can play and there's no health concerns to the players and, and there, there's testing and, and quarantining and all that stuff, it, go ahead and play the games. Just doesn't really matter to me how it ends at that point. I mean, if the Flyers win the Cup, if the, the uh, Canadians somehow win the Cup as the last seed in the East uh, – However, it goes in that that's how it is. They won the Stanley Cup. That's what the Stanley Cup fin- uh, playoffs are all about. I mean, St. Louis Blues came into Philadelphia the year they won the Cup two years ago or last year. Um, they were the last place team in the NHL. And here, every time Gloria comes on the uh, the radio, I'm like, man, they listened to that that song here in Philadelphia and and got a Woody and went on and won the friggin' Stanley Cup. That's what sports are all about. And and you know what? If it has to end this way, and I hope it ends this way, I hope we get to see this, good for the team that wins. I'm praying it's the Flyers. But you know what? Whoever wins, wins. That's what a tournament's all about. Absolutely. And I think we said it countless times. We, we just want sports back. I wouldn't consider it an asterisk at all. I think all teams are playing under uh, the same conditions. And, you know, hey – if I, you know, if the Flyers end up uh, winning the Stanley Cup out of this, I'm, I'm certainly not going to think any differently other than the disappointment that we probably won't have a parade. But oh, we'll have a parade. I will be down there doing something. <laughs> Even if it's a virtual parade and everybody has to watch them go down the street. Virtual, w- virtual, virtual fine. It would just remind me of like the war bonds parade from 1918. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, oh, <laughs> have fun. Um, that would be interesting. Yeah. 
Speaking of the leagues, a little bit of NBA talk. So it came out this week. I think it was always the rumor. And then I think Disney came out and, and confirmed. And then the NBA came out and confirmed that uh, they are in exploratory talks to have uh, the NBA play at Disney's Wide World of Sports. I was impressed. I didn't realize they had three full-size arenas that they could hold games in. Uh, I think it just uh, uh, speaks to the impressiveness of of that complex. So those talks Disney are does it big. underway. Also news, and I know we've, we've talked about it in the intro of the podcast. We are going to touch on, on Disney news from time to time. They officially announced when uh, they are coming back. So the parks, uh, they are going to do a phased opening. Uh, the Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom will open on July 11th. Uh, July 15th, they will open Hollywood Studios and Epcot. Uh, I think the hotels and restaurants and Disney retailers are going to open up probably around that same time. Uh, it will be a different park experience. So no parades, no fireworks, no character meet and greet. So it's definitely a different uh, experience. And then the one thing that they are going to do is have an automated reservation system uh, in order to enter the parks that day. Uh, if you know anything about Disney and technology, this thing is uh, sure to shit the bed early on. And I think early uh, indications are the, the reservation system is already crashing. So, uh, Mike, any, any thoughts on, on the Disney opening at this point? Yeah, a month too late for us. But you know yeah. what? What are you going to do? It's just, just kind of what happens. I mean, it took almost two years to plan our vacation with our entire family. But, I mean, what what's another year to wait? But, uh yeah, you know what? Good for them. I'm glad they're reopening. I mean, July 11th for, for Magic Kingdom um, and Animal Kingdom, and then uh, July 15th for the other two parks. Um, but you know what? I, I'm, I'm all for it. Great, great news today. I love to see it um, after we literally just officially canceled our vacation on Sunday. But you know what? That's how it goes. Uh, I am seeing a lot of comments, though, with, with this whole thing. Everybody's literally canceling their, their stuff, even if they're going in August and September. Um, the big sticking point with everybody seems to be the masks. Um, you know what? If I had to wear a mask and I got to go high-five Mickey, I think I'd be wearing a mask. Um, but I, I, can, I can certainly see in August when it is oh, for sure, yeah. I you mean, know, 90 degrees and the humidity is about 99%. Wearing a mask is probably not uh comfortable. I think one of the things that Disney did announce today is they're going to have a uh relaxation station where you will be able to go in a socially distant zone. Uh, and, and be able to take off your mask so you can breathe. So I think Disney is trying to uh, accommodate the mask situation a little bit, but I, I can certainly see where uh, it, it's not, um, you know, I can certainly be, see that being I definitely not ideal. That yeah. can be a sticking point. And Hey, if you have the right to cancel your vacation, cause you don't want to wear a mask. I mean, that is, yeah, that is uh, certainly your call, and I like that Disney is coming out and they're being, you know, they're they're being strict to their standard. Whether you agree or disagree with the standard, I get it, but they're being strict to it. And that's hey, you want to enter their private property? Um, that's what you need to do. I think I'm more a little bit more disappointed in no parades, fireworks, and the character meeting. You know, yeah, for sure, character meet and greets for the kids. You know, uh, you know, kids. Kids only have a fixed time uh, in their life when they're when they're young, and 
you know, if, if this continues on for a year or two, I mean, that, that's, you're talking to, you know, a whole tranche of kids that miss out on certainly that, uh, great experience. And then the reservation system, I don't, I think that was their way of getting around kind of how many people they're going to allow in the parks. But, uh, from a technology standpoint, I would, um, I don't have a lot of high optimism there. Yeah. Especially uh, with how these, uh, the virtual queues went, uh, when, when galaxy's edge and, uh, that opened up, but it's just, it's going to be very interesting. Like, like I said to you in the text earlier, I mean, people are going to go, there's going to be those diehard Disney fans that are going to go no matter what. Uh, if you have to wear a mask, if you have to wear a full on astronaut suit, they're going to go to Disney world. That That's just what they do. But man, are the, I cannot wait for the epic Twitter rants and Facebook rants and, the videos for yeah all the all the all our Karens out there I, I cannot wait for all of these uh, to come through on social media come July 11th it, it is going it's literally going to be like watching live sports just reading all of the Twitter rants and the Facebook rants and this this blogger puts something up on uh, on YouTube and this one's going live on Twitch and doing it live I, I literally cannot wait. Um, for, I, for I would Rio say, game. I would say the Disney social media fangers, whether it's Twitter or or all these others, they are just as fierce and just as passionate as Philly sports fans talking falls and wins. Yeah, so you get the sure. passion on social media about falls and wins, folks. That is Disney Twitter for you. I, you yeah. know, hey, if you're not a big Disney fan, I get it, but you know, definitely, definitely search hashtag dis Twitter. Uh, when you have some time and you're not doing anything and just check out the, uh, that is a passionate fan base. Mike, if you put this in the time slot and you see Disney, we are probably going to get some, uh, some hits on the podcast and then some, uh, some f- negative feedback, but man, oh, for sure. Disney Twitter is a, they are, sure. um, they are a passionate fiery group. Um, yeah. It's literally like tailgating for, at the uh, Jetro lot for sure. For, for theme parks, I mean, guys, we're talking about magical place on Earth. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing, Mike. I was surprised that you know, obviously, they are opening in July. I think some of the other Orlando theme parks, you know, are, are opening a little bit sooner than that. Mm-hmm. And I think people were surprised that way. That why are they waiting a month? I was actually surprised the other way. I was expecting a later opening because of the whole NBA talk. I mean, what what is yep. your where do you think that Disney coming out and announcing their openings? And I think there's some news today that NBA players have some concerns about being at Disney because of the hotel accommodations. And I don't know, the place has 30,000 hotel rooms. I'm sure we can figure out how to, how to make everybody feel comfortable um, at Disney world. But Mike, kind of what, what's your perspective on what, what do you think this does for the chances of the NBA returning and, uh, you know, playing at Disney World. I mean, I think the chances for the NBA returning re- remain the same no matter where they're going to play. But I think for their the chances of them playing at the Worldwide of Sports may have just went out the window, or or it's that that slim to none chance that we're seeing. Uh, I, I get the whole thing, thirty thousand rooms. We talked about it before the podcast. There, there's just there's definitely accommodations, but but if LeBron James, like you said, wants to stay in the Grand Floridian and the Sixers end up at uh, Fort Wilderness sleeping in a tent somewhere, uh, we got we got issues there. I mean, uh, 
there are a bunch of it. There, there's different tiers. There's all the, the nice, the deluxe rooms, and there's those moderate rooms, and then there's the value rooms. I mean, if everybody was staying in a value room, then it would be the same. Um, it, the whole thing is with Disney, I, I don't think you heard it or I heard it, is what they're going to cap um, the capacity at. What, what is it? Is it going to be 30%? Is it going to be 40%, 50%? Is it going to go all the way up to 70%? What is it going to be? Um, that's really going to be what the NBA um, bases their decision on. It's, it's going to be how many people, how many regular public people will say us going down to Disney world, how many people like that are there going to be? What rooms are they staying in and what can the NBA do? I mean, I, I, to me, I, with the three full size arenas, that would be great for Disney. It'd be great for the NBA. Everybody can stay in the same spot. Like we said last week, even for the families, I mean, it'd be great to go in the parks if they can and do all that stuff. That That's kind of why I was surprised when they said, um, July, uh, July 11th and 15th, I thought, especially if they're trying to get the, the NBA to come there uh, at this point, if, if they're going to open to the general public and it's not going to be just pass holders or just Florida residents, uh, I, I think the NBA should probably start looking elsewhere. Um, but that's without knowing what the capacities are going to be. It's uh, there, there's a lot of numbers to, to go ahead and crunch for all those big wigs up there. And, I'm sure they're doing it now. I'm definitely sure they were aware uh, last week when they decided to start these talks with Disney World that they were they were basically thinking that that it was going to be that July July 10th to, to 20th. That's kind of the window they were looking at opening. Um, so I'm sure this isn't something that was a shock to the NBA, uh, even though I'm I'm sure that what's that guy Weghorst? What's his What's his name? The guy who who's in LeBron's jock all the time and and does his does his stuff. Ah, uh, the dude name. from yeah, I can't remember the dude from uh, yeah. ESPN, right? But yeah, uh, whatever his name is, yeah, I, I'm sure that all those guys are putting out the shock news, like oh, the NBA was blindsided by this and all that stuff. But I'm sure they weren't. I'm sure they knew. That, I mean, they've probably been talking to Disney World. We found out last week, so that means they were probably talking to them for about a month up to that point. Um, um, and but, Bob Iger, the uh, former CEO of Disney and now chairman, I mean, he was at the NBA owners meeting, I think is yeah. going back to March, right? So mm-hmm. I, I, this is, uh, you know, definitely been something that's been in the talks for a while. And I would say yeah. from, I didn't necessarily say, see a specific thing on the hotels. Uh, I think it's just people out there kind of assuming that it also applies <laughs> to the hotels. I didn't see anything specific. So there could be a scenario where, hey, the, the parks are, the parks are for the guests, the, the parks are for the traditional guests, and the hotels and restaurants and everything like that are for uh, the NBA. I think it's tough. You know, the NBA talked about having this bubble. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that becomes uh, a little bit difficult to uh, to do if you have people in the – you know, I, I can't see people not going over to Wide World of Sports trying to catch a glimpse of, you know, Joel Embiid, who's the, the star of the NBA at this point, right? not LeBron. Um, but you know, I, I think it's tough to create that bubble, uh, scenario that the NBA was looking for. So remains to be seen, I think, um, you know, obviously the NBA needs to figure out, you know, I, I give kudos to the NHL for getting a plan together and getting it out there. They have certainly stole the, 
the darling of the media and, and that they are the me uh, news media's darling at this point for their plan. So kudos to them. I think the NBA and, and major league baseball still has um, a lot to figure out, but Mike, I do want to, I do want to cover something with you. Tie and we'll close up our NBA and Disney conversation with this. Okay. If, if the Sixers were to play at Disney world, what do you think is going to be the bizarre injury that comes up with the, all the players down at Disney World? Because you know the Sixers are notorious for having those odd injuries. What do you think is the injury that the Sixers end up with as a result of playing in Disney World? So the first thing that came to my mind, I literally started laughing, and I'm going to try not to crack up as I'm going to say this. But you know what it's going to be? Joel Embiid went to whichever park he went in the morning and he's seen the turkey leg and those turkey legs are bad. Oh, all right. All right. And Joel Embiid decided to bite into a turkey leg and he got one of the tendons and he swallowed the tendon and he had to go to the, uh, the hospital because he swallowed the tendon and they had to do some kind of surgery to get it um, out of his esophagus or out of his stomach or lower intestine. It's definitely going to be something with Joel Embiid eating some kind of food from Disney World, whether it be a turkey leg or, or something else, but that's what it's going to be. See, I had, I had Zaire Smith with the turkey leg because of the food allergy thing. Uh, I yeah. thought Zaire Smith ends up with the turkey leg and has an allergic reaction, and then he's out. And then I was thinking, Joel Embiid, you got to think of, like, one of those slow-moving rides that somehow he ends up hurting his knee or, or falling over. Back or something. E either getting out of the people mover, it's a small yeah. world, or, or Jungle Cruise. I think Jungle Cruise is one of the most dangerous rides at Disney, right? I, I think uh, one of the boats sank just right before they closed. So I'm thinking yeah. Joel, yeah, that's right. Joel's, Joel Embiid on, on the people mover and Zaire Smith with the turkey leg, those are my picks for, for Sixers injury. So – who, who knows whether the Sixers can, can make it to the NBA Finals losing Joel Embiid and Zaire Smith because of the, the dangers of Disney World. All right. Uh, you never think Disney would be dangerous, but, but wait till the Sixers get there. We'll see. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, just good stuff. It really is. There's turkey leg. Now, now, now I'm jonesing for a turkey leg. Thanks for that question. I really – Really, really appreciated that. Now I'm going to have to go out and find one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So moving on, Mike, you touched upon it earlier. We did have some, I'd say, very entertaining sports over the weekend. Yep. And that was, that, and that was the match, too, right? It was mm -hmm. Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady against Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning. I know we both watched it. I found it enjoyable. Uh, yep. Tom Brady golfs like shit. Oh my god! For uh, sure. Except that one shot, that miraculous except, shot of him. What was it? A whole whole six or something like that? Yeah. Whatever it was. I, um, I still can't get over that shot. I might. Uh, I might say there was some video editing involved there, but uh, <laughs> might have been. I'll, I'll leave my conspiracy theories. Uh, you know what? We had we had Deflate Gate. We have Video Gate. And now we got the Shot Gate. There we go. There you go. Uh, <laughs> And I think he split his – was it the same hole that he split his pants on, or was that another hole? I don't, I, I don't know. He was getting the ball, out, the ball out of the hole, but I don't, I don't know which hole it was. But, but my favorite meme of that on Twitter, obviously, was someone uh, took the screenshot of their, their TV and, 
and put a, a four be, uh, right before the split dash thirty three. So I mean, you, you gotta <laughs> you, you go. gotta love that. I mean, there that was go. that was perfect. I don't know who it was on Twitter out there. If anybody wants to tweet us or or, or put it in the comments, who who we can uh, who we can thank for that one. But it was it was a pretty good meme. And absolutely, Peyton Manning destroying Tom Brady for with sure. the trash talk, telling him he's mm-hmm. going to have Nick Foles be his caddy out there. He didn't care about Eli Manning being his caddy. When, when the topic of Nick Foles came up, he turned around and said, that's low, right? That, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a cheap know, shot is what he said. That's a, yeah. that's a cheap shot. That's it. That's it. And then I think yeah, it came sure. up, I came up again. He's like, I'm not worried about the Falcons. So yeah, they, it, the announcers, uh, the announcers came up with, what about uh tiger woods wearing black and red? That's uh, the colors of the Falcons and the 28, uh, 28-3 uh, comeback. And he's like, yo, bro, it's, it's not the, the Falcons. It's, it's the Eagles that I cringe. And at that point, I, I, I never felt prouder as, a, as an Eagles fan. There you go. Just the fact that we were in Tom Brady's head with the Eagles Still. Super Bowl 52 victory. Still, that definitely played into his game. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. As as he was hitting shank after shank off the off every every tee it seemed up until oh, like was, the fifteenth or sixteenth hole, he somehow honed it in off the tee. But uh, I forget what hole it was, but there was a bunch of shit right in front of him, right off the tee, and and he shanked both tee shots he took, which the second one was illegal because nobody told him to take a provisional shot. But but nonetheless, both of those shots he'll never find those those pro v ones or whatever he was playing again. He he didn't even know what the rules when you're out of bounds when it's two clubs. Yeah. I mean, he was he was a train wreck. Yeah, it, the, I, I I know why they picked him to be on that, but I got to tell Charles Barkley. He was he, he was like the master of shit talking that that whole time. He was like Tom, I'll put twenty five thousand dollars on this hole that you could even hit the green, and he didn't until he did. Obviously, with the with the miraculous shot, the the yeah. shot gate shot is as Tom is going to dub it now. Um, but I think that would have been more interesting having, uh, having Phil Mickelson having to play with, uh, with, with Charles out there and that, that hitch in his, in his shot. But obviously he doesn't have that anymore. He did, he did get over that, but still I could probably go out and, and beat him. Uh, but if Charles, if you listen to this, I'm going out, uh, Sunday, Del Castle, I'll be out there with my buddy, uh, my buddy out there. And, and you know what, if you want to come out and join us, I'll be more than happy. I'll buy the beer for you. There you go. Yeah, I, when Charles Barkley is trash talking your golf game, you know mm-hmm. you have uh, you have some problems uh, on the day. I mean, and just on Twitter. I mean, Brooks Kepka is like, I'll I'll put up a hundred grand if you can if you can make the greens or you know play par on a hole. I mean, just taking taking a beating. I give Tom Tom Brady credit. He was he was a good sport about it, and obviously, uh, yeah. It was all for it was all for charity. So whatever happened, all for charity. happened out there. They raised I mean, twenty million dollars, which I think is phenomenal. Oh, it's um, awesome! Four hundred was it? Uh, Three hundred thousand meals from Russell uh, Russell Wilson on. Yeah. I think it was the sixteenth or the seventeenth. It was the it was a par three. They had a twenty five million dollar hole in hole in one challenge, and and Tom, Phil, and um, Peyton, who I think had the closest to the hole, which is what won that hole. Um, they, they were dead on, and, and, and Tiger wasn't within the, the 12 feet that Russell was looking for to donate the uh, 100,000 meals per shot. But 
I mean, that, that, that was just cool. Seeing Brooks Kepka, like you said, to, to call in and actually have to pay off that $100,000 bet because of the miraculous uh, shot gate shot. Um, and, and I think we found our name for our, uh, our, our podcast. I think it's going to be the, the shot gate episode. Shot gate. Uh, all right. Yeah, the, the shot gate. But yeah, it, it was all around great entertainment throughout. Um, uh, Peyton, I, I find Peyton pretty humorous. Uh, I, I think he's, he's, he's pretty funny sometimes. I mean, sometimes it can be cringy, but that's how dads are. Um, but you know what? I, I thought it was all around great entertainment. Great to see it. You know what? They should do it again in a, in a, in a month or whatever, if we're still without, um, live PGA tour play, but yeah, I thought, I thought it was great. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, quite frankly, uh, I know we're going to talk about Mike's bets in a bit, but there was a couple Tom's bets uh, on that. I was I was live betting some of the rounds and, and did okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Do you I want to get into it? Said what? what was it? A twenty? If you put a twenty dollar bet in before, it gave you a free twenty dollar bet um, during the game. I I I, I, I partake in that I definitely. If it, I get a little bit of an odds boost in there, I'll, I'll for sure do that one. Absolutely. So. You want to go to our segment, Mike's Bets? Yeah, I'm still looking for a sounder for this one. I haven't really found one. I mean, the played out one would be money, money, money. But you know what? I'm not that good yet. So we'll wait until we start getting like 4-0. Or, or like today, I got six bets for you. If we go 6-0 and a couple weeks in a row, then we'll start doing the money, money, money theme song. But if anybody has any uh, – any uh, good songs or sounders out there, send them on in to uh, add on Delco or, or uh, put it on uh, Apple podcast or Google and rate us and give us a little, uh, a little, little blurb about what we should do and, and how we should uh, sound or, or theme uh, the betting uh, segment. Yeah, absolutely. But Mike, you did have a, you did have a better week uh, with, mm-hmm. with week two of Mike's bets. I know, I personally did uh, the uh, M. Gladbach versus Leverkusen, both teams to score. I cashed on that. I also took your uh, advice on Dortmund to uh, win. That was a cash as well. So, uh, you know, maybe you're starting to heat up a little bit. And I know you have a bunch of picks for us uh, this week on on Mike's bet. So tell us what you're thinking. Are all Bundesliga? Yeah, uh, so we'll have four Bundesliga and then two bonus bets uh, that me and Tom are both in on at this point. Um, but but last week I did do pretty good. I won about $95 total um, if you were following my bets. I did my uh, my bets as a four-team parlay and then a one-team leg, and then I threw a couple other in there. Um, but I did hit the four-team parlay, um, which which was a nice nice little hit. So I was up. Uh, but this week, this week's going to be another Bundesliga heavy one. Um, so the first first bet, my favorite bets, like I said last week, are both teams to score. Um, so I'll start off with uh, Schalke versus Werder Bremen. Um, both teams to score that. Don't really care who wins in that game. Um, both teams to score are minus 141, so it is the favorite, a very slight favorite at that. Um, if, if you want to, like I was saying last week, if you want to pair that with Schalke um, or, or Werder Bremen winning, I, I believe Schalke is the slight favorite at a, at a plus 105, somewhere around there. And Werder Bremen was somewhere closer to the plus 300s. Um, my, my screen is not 
not loading for me right now to tell you exactly what it is. Um, so Schalke is plus 140 and Vert and Bremen is plus 190. You want to put both of them in there to, to go ahead and tie it on. But the bet that I'm going to give out for that one is both teams to score in the FC Schalke versus Werder Bremen match. Uh, nine, uh, nine 30 on Saturday. Got so Mike, one down. You, you talked about potentially doing a parlay there. What about mm-hmm. instead of, either team to win. What do you think about any of the over underlines there since both teams are scoring? Uh, over, so the over, over one under. and a half. Yeah. Over one and a half is minus three forty five, but over okay. two and a half is uh minus one oh six on DraftKings. So that's almost kind of a standard big bet there. And yeah. any of those appetize you? Uh, I, I would definitely what was you say? You said uh mine uh Two and a half, right? Over two and a half is minus one hundred six. Yeah, I, I would, I would put that in with both teams scoring. Uh, this, this could be a, a pretty high scoring match. I mean, both both teams are are pretty decent. They have uh, decent strikers. So yeah, go ahead and uh, go ahead and do that too if you want. Yeah, I'm thinking only because, right? If you think both teams are going to score, that's two goals. And if you think mm-hmm. one team is going to come out with a win, over two and a half at minus one hundred six uh, seems like pretty good value. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you feel really cheeky and you think uh, Schalke is going to pull it out as the favorite, put Schalke in there to win as well. In a nice little three-leg same-game parlay. I'm not too sure how it how it plays out with the with the odds, but that, that'd probably be somewhere around the the plus 500, 600 range. All right. So our next bet, like I said, I love the both teams to score. Uh, this match, I mean, it's Bayern Munich versus Dusseldorf. Bayern Munich just came off of a win uh, yesterday against uh, Borussia Dortmund. Um, they, they are on a tear. They are 3-0 and since coming back from the, from the break. Um, but both teams to score on this is actually the underdog. It is a plus 112. I think this – I'm not going to say it's a trap game. I, I think Munich – I mean, if they win this game, it's going to be 7-1. to um, but I think they do give up a goal to Dusseldorf. Um, they seem to be a team that does kind of not play down to their opponent, uh, opponent, um, but but they kind of do. Um, so I would go both teams to score here to, at plus 112. I really wouldn't put anything else with this. I mean, if you want to put Bayern Munich to win at minus 2,000, yeah, it's going to boost your odds up, but it's going to boost your odds up to probably plus 150. Um, but if you wanted to do that, go ahead and make uh, make my day, make your day, make yourself a couple extra cents there. Um, but both teams to score for me in the Munich Dusseldorf match. Yeah, That's I think that makes a, I think that makes a lot of sense, right? So you have uh, Munich coming off a big win against Dortmund, right? So uh, you know, I don't think you're saying, "Hey, Dusseldorf is going to pull this thing out," but giving up a goal. Probably even an early goal, right? Yeah, before, I can see them going uh, down uh, one nothing very early in this game. Maybe like like the second minute, and then coming back and scoring like seven goals in a row, something like that. So uh, Dusseldorf is plus five seventy five first goal. Am I am I going to get you into that? I, I would I would put a fiver on that or something. Just nothing nothing right. big, just to get you some some money back. Because DraftKings, I, I know Fanduel's the same way. You know what they score in the second minute? Uh, you put that fiver down for plus five. What was you say? Five fifty or five seventy five? Whatever 575, it is, right? Five. Yep. Yeah. So five seventy five. Then you got some money to play with with the rest of the uh, the rest of the day there, and you're probably already in profit at that point. 
um, unless you're a, a crazy better out there. I don't know if we have any uh, deep pockets people listening to us, but if you're, you're betting five dollars a leg, you're you're pretty much almost in profit at that point. There All you right. Go. What, what do you got next? Next, um, speaking of uh, Dortmund, Borussia Dortmund, so they're playing Paderborn. Uh, I know, I know, I put them Paderborn to win um, in my uh, my first set of Mike's bets, but uh, this week I'm going Borussia Dortmund straight up to win this one minus three hundred five. Just put a couple couple extra bucks in your pocket. Um, easy winnings here, I believe, coming off of that loss yesterday to one nothing loss to Munich. Um, I can see Borussia Dortmund if you want to do something coming out and uh, maybe scoring uh, scoring something over like over three and a half goals. Um, something like that. I am going to get the live odds for you on that. Uh, what's it? Uh, so even if you just want to do like over over four and a half goals um, in the game total, uh, so that that's a plus two seventy. Um, that that would be a nice profit for you uh, for you there. Uh, but I would do that. Um, I would definitely definitely put those two together um, if you want for a little same. Same game parlay, but the bet that I'm going to give you is the minus 305 Borussia Dortmund to win outright um, over the uh, the lowly Paderborn there. Got that one down, Tom? I got that one down. Sweetness. All right, so our last game in the uh, German Bundesliga, uh, another team that I really like. It's uh, Red Bull Leipzig. I took them up a couple of weeks ago as well. Really an up-and-comer up and in, the, in the Bundesliga. They are playing FC Cologne. Um, I got them to win that game at a, a slight favorite, a minus 186 in there, um, straight up win. That is another one that I would put down um, a uh, both teams to score. Uh, I will get the uh, the live odds for you as I am talking. So the both teams to score on that game, uh, game props, both teams to score uh, is minus 200. So if you want to put them both together, um, that would be uh, A-OK in my book. The bet that I am giving you is Red Bull Leipzig to go ahead and take that one um, in full time. So those are the four Bundesliga ones. So, Tom, you want to go ahead and recap those for me? Absolutely. So we got two uh, both teams to score with Schalke versus uh, Werder Bremen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of am thinking there, if you're going both teams to score, maybe over two and a half there. You also have both teams to score with Bayern Munich versus Dusseldorf. And then straight up wins Dortmund versus Paderborn and RB Leipzig. Also uh, straight up the win against FC Köln uh, this weekend in Bundesliga action. And Mike, I know we talked about it off the pod. We are being heard in two countries now. So somebody in Germany likes your, your betting picks. Uh, yes. so I apologize to the fans in Germany that my German is terrible. So if, <laughs> if I have insulted your favorite team by totally butchering their name, I do apologize. But uh, some good picks, Mike. I am definitely going to uh, follow along on, on some of these with you this weekend. Awesome, good to I'm, hear. I'm, I'm feeling uh, I'm feeling some of my match two wins, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put them back in play. All right, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take some of those uh, some of those winnings from last week and uh, parlay in them. I'm probably going to do a four-leg four parlay and then bet each team, uh, each game uh, separately as well. All right, so the moment you've all been waiting for, the moment that I've been waiting for, Tom's been waiting for, we get to bet on Major League 
USA Sports. And that major league That's that right. is up there with with you can go in. I talked about this earlier in the pod. You can go in and start betting individual games that that say they're starting July 25th at 2 p.m. I'm not too sure if that's the right time, but they are the games that will be played whenever they're played. Um, but we're going to go with NHL futures on this one. Uh, I mean, I would say putting these together in a parlay, a little two-leg parlay if you can, um, would probably be uh, your best bet because if you think that, Tom, do you want to uh, do you want to give the bet here, or you want you want to give me the honors with this one? Yeah, so I, I will certainly steal the thunder here. You know, I oh, yeah. we're we're both talking uh, Flyers to obviously win the Stanley Cup uh, plus yep. ten uh, plus ten ten to one odds plus one thousand to uh, win the Stanley Cup, and then plus five hundred to uh, win just the Eastern Conference. So, yep. Uh, those probably can't be combined on a they parlay. Can. At, at least what I'm seeing on DraftKings, I can't add them. But on a I parlay, did. I got them as a uh, plus sixty-five, uh, plus uh, six hundred, six thousand five hundred, plus six thousand five hundred um, uh, win on a uh, two-leg parlay. Are you able to uh, place the bet? I can't because I'm online, so it might not right. let me place the bet. But so I'm, I'm you know what? It looks good on my screen at plus sixty five hundred at least. I'm, I'm getting an error <laughs> message that says the two bets cannot be uh, placed together because of Carl seems Carl. a little too good to be true. Yeah. But you Absolutely. know, but I would, we would definitely endorse both of these bets separately for sure. Especially since my first bet, I said the Flyers are winning the Stanley Cup plus one thousand, and I said, well, hot damn, if I think the Flyers are winning the Stanley Cup. I'm going to put some money on them winning the Eastern Conference as well. But here's, they, here's, what, here's what you do. If you can't parlay them together, right, here's mm-hmm. some sound betting strategy. Play them to win the – if you think they're going to win the Stanley Cup, yeah. play, play, them to win the, play them to win the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Take your winnings from there. Roll that. Now, the odds are going to be different, so you have to play that, but you're getting yeah. winning from that Eastern Conference. So kind of think about that as a strategy of it, at least betting bigger on – if you think they're going to win the Stanley Cup, betting a little bit bigger on that Eastern Con- – maybe put a little bit separate on, on the championship just so you get the good odds. Yeah. But uh, maybe maybe putting more of your, your bankroll or more of the money that you want to bet on these games on the Eastern Conference game and then taking those profits, those five-to-one profits, rolling them into the Stanley Cup game, and then you're betting with a little bit more that hopefully makes up for some of the odd difference. Yeah, you're for getting, sure. You're, you're getting five to one. So if you take those profits, that's going to be more than what you maybe are betting right now at 10 to one, right? So you're, because you're more than doubling your money uh, with yeah. those bets. Absolutely. So there's there's our betting segment for this week. Uh, if you were paying attention last week, Tom did say you would be uh, in profit at some point. Um, but uh, this week, I, I feel really good about all the four Bundesligas um, and definitely both NHL futures. So there's a. Uh, there's Mike and Tom's bets for you for episode eight. That's right. All right, Mike, before we wrap up the show, let's tell everybody uh, what we're drinking tonight. All right. So, so last week I had a really good one for you. Um, I had the, the gummy bears IPA um, this week. Uh, I, I did have in the afternoon, I did have a Bolero snort. I had a Bolero snort um, OVB, which is a, uh, 
uh, orange creamsicle IPA, uh, milkshake IPA at that, which is very good. It's a good go-to. I've had it a lot. Um, it is on the sweeter side, so that that summery sweet IPA. Um, but what I am drinking during the podcast is a free will um, brewing company beer. It is the orange colored malcontent. Um, it's it's okay. Um, I'll, I'll give this an okay rating, probably about a three out of five um, on the untapped uh, rating system. It's it's a little too sweet for me, um, but it, it's drinkable. It's not something that I'm going to take a sip of and pour it down the drain and say I'll never buy that again. Uh, I might not ever buy it again, but in my opinion, it's it's a drinkable beer. I bought I bought four of them. I've drank all four of them. And and I'm not going to maybe not ever buy a four pack again. But Free Will they they make a lot of good beers out there, um, and and this is just one of the every brewery has it. I mean, some people probably love this beer. It's probably rated at a four point two five because I don't like it on on Untapped, and it, it seems to be sometimes that's how it is. But but it's not my cup of tea. Um, and what I am going to recommend this week uh, for everybody out there, uh, kind of. Kind of piggybacking on what Tom said last week with uh, go ahead and order something from a local brewery. Um, go out to your local brewery or, or even if you go to your favorite beer store. Uh, Mayan this week, I will do a little plug for the uh, Springfield um, beverage uh, store on Baltimore Pike like I did last week. It seems they seem to have very, very good selection. Um, go ahead out there, even if it's from the, the, the Springfield. Um, beverage store go, go ahead and, and pick up your favorite local brewery beer uh, pick it up help them out um, go order from them order delivery like tom said last week but but just help a, a local brewery out yeah and i i promised everybody i'd get that link out there i will get it out on our social media page on twitter at on delco i will get the link out there that's it's an easy reference for all the breweries and that are delivering and there's a ton of them that are uh delivering right in Delco. If, if you don't want to get out to the beer distributor, definitely, um, you know, take advantage of delivery. I'm trying to think in my head how I can do like a, uh, a, a virtual uh, beer tour or something by just getting delivery from multiple breweries at once and, and drinking little flights. I'm, I'm, I'm working it out, Mike. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking through it. So maybe in a couple podcasts, I'll, I'll be able to work this out. Something I'm thinking about. But um, yeah, that can that can definitely be a nice little standalone episode. Huh? That, there you that'll go. be a, a fun, that might have to be a uh, like a live on Twitch or a live on YouTube kind of a uh, kind of a thing to see what the beers look like and you just get to see our faces, um, even though you might not want to look at us. But you know what? I, I think we're pretty handsome gentlemen, so so you may want to look at us. But uh, yeah, that, that would be uh, that would be awesome. That would be a nice little live. Uh, slash live on Twitch, live on YouTube, kind of a podcast time. Good idea for that. Mike, I would definitely say that we both have faces for podcast. Anyway. Yeah. They um, used to say faces for radio, but you know what? Nobody the world, the world is changing. Anyway. This is the new normal. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, I am still working. This is the new norm. Thank you, new- Doug Peterson. There you go. <laughs> this is uh, – I am still working through. I've had orange uh, malcontent as well. Also wasn't a big fan. Some of the hops that they use in that for the IPA, I'm just not a big fan of the flavor profile of those. But Free Will does usually have some pretty good beer, but I agree that's one that didn't hit the uh, mark for me. Um, and, and I rated it, I think, less than a three on 
uh, untapped, which is kind of rare for me. I, three is almost my, my kind of standard. Uh, yeah. But I am still working through my shit bottom delivery from last week. Uh, and the one I am drinking is part of their uh, saltwater taffy IPA series. So shit bottom, uh, they have a series of IPAs that uh, with a combination of the IPA and the lactose sugars that they use for uh, the, the milkshake or the hazy IPA style. And they put a little sea salt in there. It kind of gives it like they have it as their uh, saltwater taffy series. So the one I am drinking is a pina colada. Saltwater Taffy IPA from Ship Bottom. The first time I tried to get an order from Ship Bottom, this was sold out. So when I saw that it was available for delivery, I pounced right away and it meets expectations. I've had other other Saltwater Taffy IPAs, very good flavor profile. If you like kind of that hazy milk uh, milkshake style with the, with the milk sugars in there, uh, good flavor. You really taste the pineapple uh, and, and the coconut in it. So good summer beer. I know so far, I think on this segment, I have discussed all of these, uh, over the top fruity IPAs. I promise I am a little bit more, uh, diverse than that, but I am working through, uh, my ship bottom, uh, delivery right now. And again, I can't stress enough what Mike said, definitely get out there go to your local, you know, support the local businesses as much as you can. Cause when we're out there and, you know, we're ready to kind of move on with our lives and, and get out of here. We're definitely going to want these local businesses out there uh, support. I can't wait till the, uh, you know, the, the opportunity again to, to do a brew tour. Um, yep. And I am on chipbottom.com and that right now as of six twenty eight on a uh, Wednesday after Wednesday evening really is available and is in Mike's cart. I can definitely tell you that right now. Go for it. Definitely uh, highly rated. I think I gave that a 4.5 maybe on, um, on untapped. It is a little bit on the sweeter side, but you, you kind of mm -hmm. expect that going in with a saltwater taffy. So, Hey, it, you know, if you're in the mood for something a little bit sweeter, it's hot out, you know, it works. Uh, it works perfectly, but definitely give that one a try and, uh, check, check out some other things, Mike, from Ship Bottom as, as well. Up Ships Creek is sold out, so that will not be going into my cart. That was last but week's beer choice. I believe, yep, I believe the Blueberry Bikini Bottom Wheat Ale, since I am now into the kind of wheat fruity ales, I will put that one in my cart as well. And probably the Chicken or the Egg um, IPA. That's a spicy IPA, so I am all about spicy beers. Tom knows that. What was it, last year or the year before we went to, uh, uh, was it me or you? Or was it me and Joe? I forget who it was. Uh, but we had the, uh, was it a Habanero IPA, I believe it was, from their cask. And it was one of the best IPAs I've ever had in my life. So I'm hoping the spicy IPA is something like that. But there you go, ship bottom. You get a nice little plug. Uh, maybe I'll take like 10% off or something like that on my order right now. But there you go, ship bottom. You get a, get a nice little plug, free plug at that. There you go. All right. So, Mike, anything else we want to cover? No, not really. I didn't really see any. Uh, oh, you know what? I did see some news um, that we did talk about on the, uh, on the podcast a, a couple of weeks ago or maybe a little bit last week. Uh, we were talking about Eagles running backs and how the room was looking and how it's kind of crowded and how they, they still had their sight on some uh, – some veteran running backs. Uh, so one of those vet running backs did sign last week. Um, he did not sign with the Eagles. Obviously, that would have made the uh, the first thing in the podcast today. Our our our, our 
our big open that, that Tom works uh, works so hard at each week and does so well each week. Um, but uh, Carlos Hyde did sign, and, and he signed with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, pretty cheapy, uh, cheap contract. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it was a little bit over vet minimum for a year. Uh, good signing for the Seahawks. Kind of glad he didn't come here to the Eagles. Um, I, I really want to see uh, 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 Miles Sanders be the bell cow back or somewhat close to the bell cow back. I, I want him want to see him get over 80% of the carries this year. I want to see what we have, what the Eagles have um, in Miles Sanders. And if you follow his Twitter, he said, uh, I, I'm, I'm up for some big, I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember the actual quote, but he says uh, it's going to be an MVP year basically this year. And you know what, when it happens, don't, don't be surprised because I tweeted it out in May. Um, so, you know what, I, I want to give the kid, every opportunity to go ahead out and, and have that so-called MVP year, which uh, running backs usually don't win. But you know what? If he does, he said it in May. There you go. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I want to give all the opportunity we can to Miles Sanders. I do think he is a phenomenal talent. I was hoping uh, for a Carlos Hyde signing because I do think you need a, a veteran that can be that uh, insurance or to, you know, in, in case Miles gets injured or at least gives Miles, you know, a blow on the sidelines. So this way, uh, you know, you don't have someone where Miles Sanders comes off the field and automatically, you know, the defense is thinking pass. Uh, so that still gives you a look uh, from a run game standpoint. I think the thing that concerns me in a little bit now, I was on a, the Carlos Hyde hype train a little bit as the backup running back. Devonta Freeman, he's kind of talking now where he wants to be paid like a feature back or he's not playing. Uh, so that really leaves one running back that they've been linked to um, – over the past couple of weeks is being available and the talk is still out there. We say, Hey, there's three candidates going for a job right now, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, and LaShawn McCoy for the Eagles. I don't know. It's shaping like Deshaun Jackson came out today. He's kind of talking up shady uh, to the Eagles. Uh, I hope this doesn't end personally in shady being back uh, with the Eagles. Love them this time here, but I think it, it is ready time to move on, but we'll see. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I'd say, what was it last week or week before, whatever he talks about it. I'm kind of off of the shady bandwagon. I mean, at one point he was uh, a great Eagles running back and he's the leading rusher of all time. But uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not up for a, uh, a reunion of sorts, but like I said, I mean, if they sign a, a veteran running back, it's not going to be any of those guys unless it is McCoy, which I would be very disappointed at. Um, and I would be fine with just leaving, uh, leaving, Miles Sanders back there being the bell count back at this point. That sounds good. All right, everybody. Thank you for uh, listening to this week's episode. Mike, why don't you give the little plug that we have for the five-star reviews and make sure people can know where they can hear us. Yep. So you can hear us everywhere and everywhere except for tune in. Um, and seriously, I, I have no idea what they're doing. Um, usually it says Apple podcast takes the longest, uh, to, to approve your podcast, but I think that is a lie. I think the people in tuned in are just, uh, tuning us out at this point, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, you can find us anywhere and everywhere. Um, go ahead and give us that five-star rating on whichever platform you're on. All of them are great. Um, we didn't have any new reviews this week on Apple podcast. Uh, I did not check, um, the other, 
other platforms before our show today. I will be sure to do that next week. If there are any shout outs, we will, uh, we will definitely give you a little bit of back pay there um, to make sure your, your voice is heard here on, on, a couch in Delco podcast, but yeah, go ahead. Give us that five-star rating. Give us a nice review. Ask us questions, whatever you have to do, but yeah, go find us there. Definitely check us out for the podcast. Five-star review. Also don't forget our Twitter page at on Delco. We are putting stuff up uh, regularly, even if it's just kind of retweeting stories that we see, obviously we were, you know, kind of putting stuff out there on, you know, the NHL and we had our polls out there from the last episode of who's the, the goat. So uh, definitely try to engage with folks on, on social media as well. So for uh, Mike and myself, uh, thank you for uh, listening to this week's episode. We'll catch you next week. And hopefully we have some more stories about uh, the flyers gearing up for their playoff run, baby. So for Mike, Tom, thank you so much. And Mike, as always guys, go birds. And let's go flyers. Oh yeah. Let's go flyers too, guys.